Hello, everyone. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> Not really, but I recorded a little bit like a five minute intro on what this podcast was going to be about and it didn't save. So I've had to practice feeling frustrated <laughs> and still come back and redo it. Okay. So with that, can you hear the edge in my voice? <laughs> With that, I wanted to introduce today's podcast. Actually, what I'll start with, because I'm going to just record this as a short clip and make sure it records. I'll start by talking about my parenting course. My parenting course is on sale. If you're listening to this the week of June 3rd to June 10th, it is deeply discounted on a birthday sale. If you're listening to this podcast after that, you can type in the coupon code podcast and also get a great discount. So the parenting course is essentially me infusing some skills and things that work really well, very science-based, a lot of infusion of knowledge of children's brains and development so that you can be realistic in what you're expecting from your kids and how to have the best outcome of influencing them. But also, so much of it is just scooping you up in love and normalizing the parenting experience, letting you know that you're normal, you're doing a great job. Here's a different way to think about that scenario. So I like to think that, you know, I'm when you get my parenting course, that I'm the best friend, put my arm around your shoulders and letting you know you're doing a great job. Here's a way that to handle that better for both of you. And also, you got this. You really do. You really, really do. So if great parenting wasn't modeled for you, the course will definitely help. There'll be a lot of aha moments where you think, well, that seems so simple, but that would work better. And then just lots of reframing of your thinking so that you can enjoy your experience more as a parent. That's super important to me. Okay, let's see if this saved and then I'm going to get on with the podcast. So it saved. <laughs> So today's podcast is one where I'm going to ask you to put on the thinking hat that is not all or nothing, okay? I'm looking for you to listen with ears that have some moderation. I don't have this topic fully fleshed out is why, and yet I think I feel very strongly that it's a message I need to record and now. So I'm going through with it. But I don't want you to listen and think, yeah, what about this though? What about that? What about in this scenario? I What I want you to get from this episode is more of a vibe. So short backstory is I was talking with some girlfriends recently and we were sharing how lovely and loving our grandparents were and how that made us feel. And it got me thinking about something that I've actually been thinking about for years, which is how to make parenting way less controlling and way more full of accountability for the parent, meaning the parent's behavior, but less controlling of our kids. And as we discussed things that the, our grandparents had said or done or the approach they took when we were visiting or staying with them or whatever, I realized that I want a parent more like a grandparent. And so while I don't have every scenario here, yeah, but what about when my kid wants to whatever? I want you to just take the general vibe from this, the energy. And I've already started doing this and infuse your parenting with a little bit more of this grandparenting approach. 
This, of course, has a lot of assumptions. I'm assuming that you also had great great grandparents. I'm going to describe what I loved about my grandparents in case you didn't, so you can kind of picture it and picture the feeling and vibe that that me and my friends were talking about, and then we'll flush that out a bit and discuss what that would look like as a parent right now, a parent of your kids. So like all my podcasts, there isn't this big script in front of me. It's some ideas, some thoughts, and off the cuff, and I'm going to roll with that again today. But I wanted to start with just thinking about how we approach parenting our generation. Okay, let me back the train up. I put out my parenting course because I don't think the generations before us did a great job teaching emotional intelligence. I don't think that the circumstance with which they lived their lives and the what was going on in the world and being um, the, you know, ch- boomers, children of boomers. I don't think it was available to them. This isn't a criticism. I think survival was key. And so what I'm trying to say is I'm not critical of the generations before for not teaching emotional intelligence. I think that they were surviving. And I think that there was a lot of trauma from what had happened in the world before. And we had a lot of alcoholism fly in, in our grandparents. And we had a, a lot of abuse and we had a lot of trauma, right? So, you know, nurturing everyone's feelings was pretty low on the on the to-do list. But what I think, and I talk about this in my parenting course, what I think that the generations before us did really well is they didn't become quite so kid-centric. What I mean by that is, while I think it's incredibly important to raise emotionally mature children. We know that we now know that emotional intelligence is more important than IQ. Um, what I think they did really well was not wrapping themselves up so tightly in the outcomes of their kids. What I mean, you'll hear this term helicopter parenting nowadays, and that usually is referring, as far as I know, to safety, like, you know, don't let the kid go half a block away, don't whatever. But what I guess I'm speaking to is we have become very kid-centric, like rather than meet our needs as parents and make sure we're balanced and make sure that our vibe is what it needs to be and then letting that spill out into our families, we're running our kids to 400 different things thinking that's what good parents do. And I just offer up the perspective that the generations before us did a really great job of some balance in the family where every member mattered, not just the kids' needs um, or the kids' wants, I should say. Kids' needs do matter, of course. We please don't think to not feed and take care of your kids. But these wants really take over a lot of families. We've lost a little bit of that balance from previous generations, in my opinion. But when we become so hyper-focused on doing all the things for the kids we can become pretty attached to the outcome. Like we want these kids to be doctors and lawyers and in perfect marriages and et cetera, et cetera, right? What I think we've forgotten is that we don't really have that control, number one. Our kids are going to have their lives and their journeys and our teens are going to make good and bad choices like we did 
but I also think that it becomes a bit of a rat race, like trying to control the outcome. And so it's got me thinking about grandparents don't really try to control the outcome. What a grandparent knows is that they, well, first of all, they're not there for the daily parenting, like I'll acknowledge that, but they are wise enough and old enough and removed enough from the daily parenting to know that to a degree, like kids are going to do what they're going to do. And every generation of kids does dumb things and smart things. And that's just kids being kids. That's teens being teens. And again, I really want you to use like some critical thinking skills here. I am not saying you don't have boundaries. I'm not saying you don't have limits. I have all those things with my kids. We have safety rules in our family. We have screen rules. We have sleepover rules. I will always use wisdom to keep my kids safe, but, and I don't have to hold the outcome quite so tightly. Within all of that, within the boundaries, the perimeter fence of safety, there can be a lot of freedom. And certainly there can be a lot of freedom within my thinking that makes me a more chill parent. This idea that the outcome is all on my shoulders is what I'm rejecting. Did you guys hear that? That's my daughter on the kids quads zipping around our house. So there you go. That used to really bother me because I thought if I wasn't out there watching her every second, the worst would happen and the worst could happen, but she's got a helmet on and a little bit of this freedom infused in our kids is the grandparenting approach. So as me and my friends talked about our grandparents, actually, I better save this little clip. I'm having internet trouble, so I'm trying to save it in small clips. One second. Back to, I'll be right back. So I want to paint a, a real quick picture, because I hate long podcasts, of what my grandparents were like. So um, I'll speak mostly about my grandmothers because my one grandfather passed when I was young and the other one was awesome, but um, I just can't speak to all three on a short podcast. So my grandmothers both totally delighted in me. Like they would laugh at anything I said, you know, I mean, to a degree, if I had a dance show or a gymnastics move I was working on or whatever, they just, oh, well, well done. Isn't that spectacular? They really boosted me up. And not in, an inf- not in um, what's the word I'm looking for? A ridiculous way. Like, you know, they weren't clapping monkeys if I walked across the room. But if I was like, Grandma, come watch me jump this horse. Well, look at you. You know, you've worked so hard. Unbelievable. I felt very supported and I felt delighted in. I felt that they delighted in me. And my one grandma in particular Oh, she was just so amused. Anything I said was funny. I just remember that feeling of being so delighted in. And I I think that's important. I think we can infuse more of that as parents. We're so dang worried about what our kids are doing wrong or could do wrong or fear of the future that we forget to delight in them. You know, like I said before, there is safety concerns and there is family rules, but we forget to delight in them, right? We get pretty heavy handed. My grandma did have rules. Like if my boyfriend came over to visit, I spent lots of time at my grandparents because they were in town. I mean, at a certain time, she'd walk in the room and say, time for him to go home. Like there were rules or there was, but there wasn't a lot of drama. It was just kind of like that time for him to go home. Anyways, other things my grandparents did, they saved the Saturday comics for me. We didn't get the newspaper out in the country. So every time I went there, it would just be laying on this little wood shelf for me. 
Like it's so thoughtful, right? These little small gestures. They were way more chill. They, you know, they involved me in their lives. I remember, well, my grandpa too and my grandma's being like, well, I'm heading out over here. Want to come? You know, not a big speech, not all these rules. Just want to come, you know? Just kind of that that inclusion. I guess what I'm trying to say is they lectured way less, you know, and they infused the day with love. They had a cookie jar. They, I, my grandpa taught me to make eggs, you know, he'd say, do you know how to make eggs? Come on over here and I'll teach you. There was less talking, less preaching, and just a lot more modeling of how to be a good parent, um, grandparent. Or person, they went about their day with a vibe. And then I just vibed in their vibe. I hope that's what you're understanding. So my friend was saying that um, she was bouncing something off her grandma where my parents don't like my boyfriend, you know, what do you think, grandma? She was a teenager. And her grandma said, I think you're smart. I think you'll figure out what you need to do or not do. Like, that's kind of what I'm wanting to channel is that with teens, that approach of you're smart, you'll figure it out. You know, as parents, if our teenagers dating someone we don't like, I mean, we have lots to say on that, don't we? And I guess I'm just begging the question, like, does, does it need to be said? You know, at some point, are we not relying on the com like not having confidence in what we've already taught and modeling? And yes, there's still moments of teaching, but are we just focusing on leaning into what we've previously taught and letting them flex those muscles and try out those skills and make some decisions. You know, the older our kids get is the truth is we step down as the primary decision makers and step up in our, in our coaching, in our consulting. And I think grandparents do that beautifully. I think we can, with raising our teens, we can really look to the grandparent vibe as to how to do that. You know, according to neuropsychologist William Strixrod, I think I said his name wrong there, um, we, these decision-making control, reins, power, whatever, that we have when our kids are little, when we make all those decisions, like we hand those over once they become teens to a degree. Now, a lot of parents really struggle with this because it feels like letting them do whatever they want. And that's not the case. There's family rules. There can be boundaries. There can be, you can't go to that. It's not safe, of course. But what we need to give up is this illusion of control. We're not so powerful, right? This is an independent sovereign being that has choice. They have agency and they have the right, quite frankly, to make mistakes. The same as you did and do. Let me say that again. Your kids, your teens, they are going to make mistakes the same as you have, the same as you did, and the same as you still do. Their lives are their lives. Like we try to control the outcome so much as parents, whereas grandparents don't. They've recognized they're old enough or they've already raised their kids. They recognize kids have their own journey. And we're not here to, to control them like little puppets. We're here to give them a place where they feel safe where they can come and consult and some boundaries, absolutely for safety and mostly where they are seen and heard. Okay. Does that make sense? I think it does. I think it does. One thing I love so much about my grandparents and being with them is that while they delighted in me, I wasn't 
their whole world. So I, what I mean by that is their day didn't depend on my mood. You know what I mean? Like if I was in a bad mood, they went on with their day and I joined the vibe when I was ready. They didn't, there wasn't a big speech. I think at times, especially as our kids get older, we think we need to make every moment a teaching moment. And I think what we need to do is be choosy. I think we need to at times teach. Absolutely. But I think, especially as kids get older, we need to rely on knowing that we've already taught, that when they were little and attentively listening-ish, that we taught them. And I mean, not every little kid's attentively listening. As they get older, we need to have confidence that we have infused those lessons. And what we need to do is model. So if you have teenagers and you're listening to this and you're wanting to lecture all day long and correct that behavior and do a speech there, First of all, you've lost them if you're on your third speech of the day. I'll just tell you. Oh, that's my alarm. Oh, and now there's someone at the door. This is just real life. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Like, we're well-intentioned. You know, I understand the concept. I understand we want to raise kids who turn into nice adults. But I hope we remember that we are raising kids, you know, I don't want to subscribe to this concept that my teens need to be perfect, that they're not going to misstep. I don't wrap up my self-esteem in how my kids are acting because kids are kids, teens are teens. I'm awesome regardless of what my kids choose, right? We're too tight as parents. We're too tightly wound to this outcome. There's some panic there. There's a little bit of embarrassment or shame at times, depending on what our kids are choosing, but I like to put the focus back on me. How am I going to vibe in this day? How am I going to model good behavior? You know, because the fact is I'm dealing with children and teen brains. It's hard enough to do the right thing with my adult brain, you know. I think so much of our parenting angst comes from us jumping into the future in our brains, right? Being very dramatic and we're making our kids' behavior mean something about who they're going to be as adults, I don't think that that's always necessary. I think that our kids and teens have a lot of growing to do naturally. And so if your 14-year-old or even your 16-year-old's making some weird choices or acting whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a certain way as an adult. That's the brain being dramatic like, "Oh no. Look what's gone wrong here. Do you see this? <laughs> your kid's gone wrong." <laughs> I like to quiet down that catastrophic thinking because it's highly unlikely. And the truth of the matter is, if your kids make a series of bad choices, like bad, bad, you know, where you're like, oh boy, where are you headed? They probably were meant to. Everyone knows a kid from a family that, you know, quote unquote, did it all right, where that kid still used their agency and made choices that maybe didn't, you know, lead to a lot of freedom or I just don't think, however, that a tighter grip makes a difference in that. I think everyone has a path and everyone has a journey. And our greatest influence is working on ourselves, showing a healthy adult and not being so obsessed about the outcome in the future and, you know, slipping into parenting from fear, I don't think changes a dang thing. You know, I think if we stay in the here and now, we 
don't let our minds go to that future thinking of, oh no, this is going to mean this. And then what happens, you guys? We do the big speech. We do the big lecture. And the older your kids get and the more independence their brain is speaking, the less those lectures work and the worse they feel. Again, that doesn't mean you never sit your child down and teach or your teen, but you do it a whole lot less, okay? Here and now parenting, so parenting in the here and now, is remembering that we are dealing with undeveloped brains. Teens are highly responsive and reactive, and logic is down, okay? So they have way lower access to self-regulation. That's why you do need boundaries and safety things in your family, of course. But the here and now parenting is recognizing that maybe you should keep your speech short, keep the correcting very relevant, and keep the love flowing. So stop making everything mean doom for your kids. I think if we lean into parenting like grandparents, we expect that our kids are going to make good and bad choices. We don't hold so tightly to the outcome. We model being a decent adult because honestly, that's the best way for them to turn into a decent adult is by watching you be one. You know, you're smart, they're smart, you'll know what to do. I think if we delight in the kids and we're a lot more chill and yes, we have our boundaries and yes, we have our various rules that feel good for our family, But I think if we drop this illusion of control and allow some choice and agency and assume that the outcome is going to be good, you know, we're going to be happier people. So so then what does that look like? Okay, we're parenting as grandparents and our teen is rude to us. We we keep the accountability for ourselves. You've got two feet in a heartbeat. If your teen is rude to you, you don't have to lecture. They know they're being rude. Take those two feet in a heartbeat and walk away. Say, you're talking to me quite rude. Let's talk about whatever. Control yourself. We get caught up in trying to control what's coming out of their mouth, which is coming out of their mouth from a brain that's very, you know, immature at the moment, first of all. And then we try to control it. We try to lecture. But really, take those two feet in a heartbeat and walk away. Show them what it looks like to be an adult that says, oh, looks like you're trying to pull me into an argument. Let's talk in a little bit. Let's talk in a little bit, right? The better approach and the better modeling is only controlling what you can control, which is not them. And I'll speak more about teens in another episode. There is a push-pull that happens because they're trying to separate from us and their brain is seeking independence, you guys. This is a survival skill but they still need us. So so they come to us, right? But then they push us away. So there is kind of this push-pull, but the best thing you can do, I'm, I've used the word vibe way too many times on this podcast, but is become a bit more chill and vibe with it. Don't make everything so personalized to hurt your feelings. Oh, I need to save this in case it's not saving. One sec, I'll be back. It's saved. Um, now I don't remember what I was saying. I just think, and I'm going to flush this out more. I bet in a few months I'll have more on this topic of parenting like a grandparent, but I have been leaning into it for a few weeks now and it's changed a lot for me. And I'm already someone that really manages my mind around my parenting, but just infusing this vibe of parenting like a grandparent, a good grandparent, of course, like there's a lot of assumptions on this podcast. I'm assuming you had a good grandparent that 
was chill and loved you and but didn't try to control you. You know, another example was one of my friends said that they weren't sure what to do for post-secondary or just after high school in general. And again, the grandparent was like, you are so smart. You will figure it out. You know, that number one leaves things so approachable. Like that kid could now or that teen could now say, but what do you think I'm good at? Like they can always come back for more information, but what do you think I'm good at or whatever? But just stopping controlling the outcome, stop the long speeches. I like to have a rule in my mind, like just loosely when I'm dealing with my teens that I let it go, let it go, let it go, teach, let it go, let it go, let it go, teach. I have an IGTV on this. So I don't parent every moment. They know, they know they were sassy back there. I control myself. Sometimes that means I just ignore the sass. Sometimes that means I say, oh man, your tone is off. And I smile at them and then I go do something else. But I let it go, let it go, let it go teach. Then there is still the teaching where I say, hey, can I chat with you? You know, and then I teach something. I teach whatever that moment needed or whatever. But I don't teach every moment. They learn from watching you, how you respond to them, how the world responds to them. The overteaching and helicopter parenting of our generation is like bloody exhausting. For us and them. You know, there is an element of go outside and play. My grandparents would say that to me. Like they'd let me watch my morning cartoons and then when I was there and then they'd say, all right, go outside and play or go do something. It wasn't a big speech. It was go do something. They didn't try to control what I did. Just go do something. I hope the vibe of what I'm saying is coming through here. I hope that you can take a deep breath and focus on what you need in a day rather than try to control the outcome of your kids or every moment of their human expression or who they're going to be when they grow up. Like, let's just take a bit of that pressure off. Let's think about our kids more like the grandparents do. Like, ah, they're probably going to turn out. They're pretty awesome. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has their own path. You'll figure it out. You know, doesn't that feel good? Like, oh, your boyfriend, time for your boyfriend to go home. And then, like, even if the kid is mad, even if I was mad, oh, my boyfriend has to go home. They just kind of went on with their day, like, and would let me be mad. You know what I mean? Like, oh, does he have to? Yep. Oh. You know, we kind of get so wrapped up in, like, oh, now I've upset the kid. And then we go in and do a speech. The reason, you know, the boyfriend has to go home is because X, Y, and Z. Less speeches. Less speeches. Less speeches. Okay. I hope this helps someone. I will flush this topic out a lot more in the future, but I just felt like it was important to get this messaging out there. Um, I think it's going to take a lot of pressure off. All right. Signing out, Grandmother Riddell. (laughs) It's who I am now. It's my approach. (laughs) Okay. Take care of everyone. Swipe up, check out my parenting course. And if this podcast helped, I should probably say that, screenshot it, tag me, share it with your friends. And um, I sure appreciate that. See you next time.